Good evening or whatever fucking time it is for you guys. Welcome to another episode of Get Your Nerd On with P90. This is like number 33, so we moving along. We getting there. And today is going to be, I hope, a long episode. I don't really know. That's the goal, to make it a long episode because there's a lot to catch up on. But shit, we'll see how long it actually stretches out to. So yeah, thanks for joining, and you know the vibes. Let's get to it. Okay, so we are starting with Spider-Man. True companions. Spider-Man and Boomerang doing some pretty heroic stuff after dealing with the Syndicate and almost getting blasted by Kingpin, Spidey and Boomerang have a chat because Boomerang stole something from Kingpin and Spider-Man does not know what the fuck is going on. So he asks for answers. Same old dude took Boomerang, um, some, sorry, same, some old dude took Boomerang to his lab because he needed his help guarding something, an artifact that the old man believes Wilson Fisk wants, one that drove him to be a mayor just to obtain it, a tablet called the Lifeline Tablet, the same tablet from the animated series that turned Silverman into a baby, also did it in the comic books. It also gave Hammerhead powers and eventually Doctor Strange attempted to banish this item. The tablet came back, but it was broken and scattered around New York City, and the man gave the map to Boomerang before he could deny it. Like, Boomerang was like, Ah, and then the dude just like fucking shoved the uh the the map inside of his head and shit. Now he's a walking map. Basically, Spider-Man and Boomer team up to find the stone pieces and keep them safe. But now they're getting beat up by vermin while Kingpin is back home, hoping to uncover the location of the pieces so he could bring back his wife. As always, Kingpin trying to bring back Vanessa. Back with the vermin, Spider-Man and Boomerang meet some weird creature named Gog, and now they have uh, to fend for their life from a big, big thing, monster of orangeness. The Amazing Spider-Man True Companions Part 2. Boomerang fighting against Gog. Gog is basically hired muscle and once was shrunken down and brought to his homeworld by Reed, but now he's back. Originally... Gog was given to a boy as a pet, and he was happy, but then the planet got invaded and Gog was stolen from his happiness when the ship he was on, um, separated. It separated and he landed in Craven's land. But eventually, as stated before, Reed ended up being able to help send Gog back home after a fight with Spider-Man, and Spider-Man was like, hey Reed, I don't think Gog actually belongs here. It was at war when he got back. Gog seen the boy who he went who he went on to try and protect, but the boy ended up getting blasted so hard his fucking armor got destroyed. Once the war was over, we find out that the boy's mother had found the tablet and was trying to use its power to bring her world back to the way it was before the war, but that didn't work out. So she destroyed it and gave one piece to Gog to protect with his life. That's why he is now fighting the duo, because he had the tablet piece there to protect it. The Amazing Spider-Man True Companions Part 3. Simply a fight happens in the city of New York and Fist sends his men before anyone could actually call to, for help to help. But Spider-Man takes down all the armed men and, get Gog, and gets Gog to shrink himself and ends up taking him home. Now Gog is a pet. Yeah. 
it's a very simple last uh issue to the true companions thing honestly i didn't really give a fuck about this this part of the story too much but i know that tablet thing is going to rise up somewhere so um i was like eh, may as well i gotta read it i have no choice so yeah <clears throat> there's that now the amazing spider-man beware the rising i don't have the prelude apparently i don't know where it is don't know how i missed out on that but um if i get to it we'll randomly throw it in if i can find it physically i'm not buying it digitally but a couple of my homies said that the prelude without reading is totally fine like i should be okay so we'll see what happens <clears throat> with that back to the story spider-man has a possible dream where he's in a car with someone who can supercharge any car overdrive he seems to be telling a story about a mission he had to do during the job he helped a gang with a robbery but they were also killed a bunch of cops on the way were also was killed out as well as some civilians. They ended up with more to deal with than cops as a man in a ski mask walks in. Into the room he goes and he tells them, it's time to talk about your sins. This man devours every one of the demons in the room and Overdrive jumps out the window to escape turning a dollar bill into a big ass fucking like, uh, I can't think of the word. It's like one of those things that you use to fly in the sky but like, it's a glider. Yeah, he turns into a glider. He's been driving and flying and running ever since that day. The car crashes and gets torn to pieces, and the Sin Eater is sitting there with a shotgun ready, and Peter wakes up, and the first thing he does is call MJ, and he leaves her a message. She's uh, at this acting gig in Hollywood. It was something that we kind of, we didn't cover the story, but we covered that particular comic way back when I used to still cover Spider-Man. Um, yeah, so that's where she is now. She's not in New York. And he just vents to her about how he feels about her and how he feels being Spider-Man is taking away Peter time. He was going to ask about marrying her, but then he changed his mind and choked. He spat out bugs and Kindred began to speak to him. But that's a dream too? One fabricated by Kindred. But apparently, it wasn't his dream. There's more dreams, apparently. Kindred is in the mind of others, maybe? Who knows? Maybe we'll find out. Maybe we will not. The Amazing Spider-Man, Sins Rising Part 1. We start our story off with someone telling us how they always wanted to be a cop when they were a kid and follow in their dad's footsteps. But one day their dad died. Years later, though, she did join the Academy. She fell in love and found out the guy she loved was the Amazing Spider-Man. She also learned her dad wasn't dead. And he wasn't a hero. Not at all. Charlie Cooper is the person we've been following so far. She went south but came back and now she's in the middle of lifting the covers of a dead body in her forensic lab. Peter was supposed to be on a date with MJ, but that got canceled. So he roams his plans alone. In the process, someone almost gets hit by a car, driven by Overdrive. And man, is Overdrive happy to see Spider-Man almost like a recent dream very similar the eater of sins is chasing overdrive and he won't stop and like the dream he blows the car to bits spider-man escapes to a construction site stupid right and most definitely he was followed sin eater a former detective with the police back 
with a police background. Um, back when Spider-Man wore the black suit, he murdered two other innocent people, as well as Officer DeWolf. Spider-Man almost crossed the line that Daredevil helped prevent him from crossing. There was a time when he was cleared and he was deemed health, a healthy person and would hurt he wouldn't hurt anyone. But Spider-Man confronted him and apparently he took his life having the police assist in his suicide. Spider-Man tries to get in Sin's head and gets him to stop, but uh that doesn't really work. So he tries to fight him, but he tells him Overdrive was involved in a very very kill bad killing of innocents. When Overdrive tries to escape and Sin Eater shoots at shoots at him. Yeah, he shot him with a shotgun. Spider-Man takes the bullet, but instead the bullet goes through him and it hits Overdrive and it kills Overdrive. And dun 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 dun. In the room of Detective Charlie, Overdrive sits on her table, gunshot wound gone, and his eyes open. The Amazing Spider-Man Sins Rising Part 2. Spider-Man heads to the ESU five minutes after the alarm goes off. And he tries to fight off the Lethal Legion as they try to steal clairvoyance. But soon, Sin Eater arrives and begins taking out each one of these people. But he also is stealing their powers and uses them to turn Spider-Man to stone while he destroys the rest of them. As he takes out the last member, Spider-Man sits in horror as the audience claps away. And EMTs getting interviewed and explains how they were all dead. But one got back up and seemed to just have changed like out of thin air. He wondered if everybody was safe, all of the bystanders. He seemed cleansed, and now they are at Ravencroft. Miss Winters wants to interview the group since they seem to have randomly changed. As she was almost denied, Norman chimes in. Now, he basically runs the place. Um, it was done by Mayor Fist to put him in that position. During the interview with Nefera, Miss Winters questions the man and slowly he starts to break down and begs for a more suitable punishment. Just wonders why he was given mercy, even though he's a better man now. Why him? Charlie called Spider-Man to the hospital where Overdrive is out again, unconscious. Unlike all the other villains, they were walking around without powers. So something seems off. In the end of our story, Nora Winters leaves Ravencroft and gets ambushed by Sin Eater. In part three, we continue at Ravencroft with the patient just sitting around until Dr. Nefera looks out the window and says, he's coming. We see Nora in her ambushed car was asked to record something for Sin, a video where he makes demands in exchange for giving power. In the car, Nora shot him and he took the bullet out and then asked her to record him speaking to the people and that she posted. She agreed, which I'm against, but this isn't about me. Sin Eater sends out his message offering power to those who wanted in exchange for help ridding the bad out of the city. We recount what happens when Overdrive woke up in Charlie's care. He woke up and immediately wanted to turn himself in and confess to his crimes. Charlie called her superiors and they took him in soon they tried to put him down again and that is how he ended up in a comatose state soon people met 
and they put on a mask and gathered in a room. Spider-Man is hiding in this room, watching them gather as a person runs up to Sin and asks to be cleansed. Spider-Man jumps down and stops Sin Eater from shooting him, attempting to fight Sin Eater. It doesn't work out. Spider-Man is fighting a man who takes powers from the ones he cleanses. He beats up Spider-Man and basically tells him everything here is going according to plan and you can't stop it. He also tells Spider-Man that he believes he's mightier than everyone else and that he's the real problem. Back at Ravencroft, the patients are going crazy as someone attempts to come for Norman Osborn. Possibly Sin Eater? In part four, Sin Eater eats. Sorry. Sin Eater's men are all around New York, picking off people who they believe have sins. Spider-Man calls for Miles Morales to help back him up. After they take down a couple people in the streets, they sit on a roof and have a conversation about Sin Eater going after Norman Osborn. Miles tries to tell Spider-Man that might be a good idea. Just let him turn Norman to a normal person. Peter disagrees, even if it means risking his life in the process. Before the mob can storm Ravencroft, Mr. Eater uses his negative powers, which he took from Martin Lee, which was the man who ran up to him in the earlier comic, in the last issue, and he cleansed him, so now he has the powers of Mr. Negative. And um, he gives his other followers some powers. Eventually, Spider-Man meets up with Gwen in the train station where they fight more men before hopping onto the train and riding it, having a conversation about his upcoming choice where she tells him it's his choice to make and he should not have to lean on anybody else to help make that decision. Julia Carpenter, the new Madam Web, stumbles up on Peter and also has a talk about how he should make the right choice by not trying to save Norman's life, at least not in this capacity. And then we have the sins of Norman Osborn at one shot. The spiders of New York City gather to plan gather to plan to stop Spider-Man from saving Norman so that Spider-Man doesn't die because he is a totem and all the spiders have had dreams of him dying. But Spider-Man doesn't like the plan. He wants to save Norman at any cost. But Norman and Ravencroft, trying to outrun his pursuers, refuses to let Spider-Man help. But eventually Spider-Man tells Norman he has no chance at getting him to stop. So therefore they are teaming up for now. Sin Eater brings in more people to storm Ravencroft. Before he joins the storm, the storm to Ravencroft, Sin Eater was approached by a hooded man, who we mentioned before, and that man was Martin, Martin Ali. <laughs> That's what the fuck I wrote. It's Martin Lee, negative man. Sin Eater cleansed him of his sins and his powers. Spider-Man and Norman head to Norman's old cell, which is a secret lab. Here, Norman plans to use the help of one of his newest inmates, who he locked in a vault, but that vault was opened when he was trying to get to the secret lab. Sin used Mr. Negative's powers to make Dr. Kafka open the vault. In the vault is the Juggernaut, and he gets shot with the Sin shotgun. So, yeah, Sin Eater has those powers. All the spiders, uh, all the spiders, woman, girl, Miles, Gwen, and Silk all leap off the roof to go and put a stop to the issue in motion. Norman mentions to Spider-Man as he almost 
got beat up that he too has seen Kindred and that they both are going to be in this together until the end. So, soon we will be getting into the return of the Green Goblin, which is actually a really good, um, I think it was a three-part thing, three chapters. It was one big issue. And then we'll be doing Last Remnants. So I kind of cut the Spider-Man stuff a little bit short. Um, it's only like 16, 16 minutes of Spider-Man. Um, but it's really dope. I already wrote the notes for it. I just wanted to leave some of it for next episode because there's some comics that I'm not going to be able to get to. Um, this monthly thing kind of sucks. But I'm going to figure something out. I'm missing some future states. And that's what I want to do directly after this. So I'm going to let Spider-Man rock out for another week. And then we'll probably do some future states. Um, but maybe I'll even add it on to this podcast, the rest of the Spider-Man. But we're going to pause with the comics for now. And we're going to go through some news because there's some stuff that I'd like to talk about anyway. And then we'll get back on comics, possibly, depending on how much time we have not yet covered. Uh, so, yeah, we're gonna start off with some gaming reviews for this game segment this week, and the first one is Immortal Phoenix. Um, sadly, I didn't beat it. I actually had the goal of beating it, and the reason I didn't beat it is because my Series X did a really dumb thing. So, first off, the game told me I had corrupted data, so it would not let me save. So, I didn't get to save the game at all. So I was going to keep playing it nonstop until I beat it and just go back to clean up achievements randomly. But the Series X has this issue where controllers would disconnect and your only option is to turn the system all the way off. And quick resume does not always work when you do that. So I was forced to turn my system all the way off and I lost... 24 hours of progress maybe more um so yeah i put that game on my shelf it pissed me off so bad i don't want to deal with it but the stuff that i did play from it it's a very fun and simple hack and slashy game um it's not much breath of the wild comparison honestly depending on how you look at it yeah, it has the same type, similar style uh, stamina bar. You upgrade your stamina that way. Same thing with the health chunks. Um, it's open world. You could glide across the map. And the combat is a little basic, but there's more moves to do uh, in this. It's really cool. It's a, it's a fucking awesome comedy show. I'll tell you that much, though. Like... If you love really good laughing, like if you like jokes mixed in your gaming and you want to be there for like a funny story more than anything else, you'll love this game. Because the combat's kind of cool and simple, but it's fun because they have a little bit of combos and whatnot. But the comedy in the game ex excels ridiculously. Like if I play that game again after this issue, it's mainly because of the comedy. Like there were times when I was like, I'm not really here for the story. Like I'll listen to it so I could tell y'all how it is but then like it got really funny so I'm just like all right let me pause my anime and start listening 
hilarious game, truly hilarious. Um, the game basically, this dude named Typhon, he like fucking turned all the gods into certain things like children, chickens, uh, machine, and like it's basically he fucked up the gods somehow. I don't know. He did his shit. And you as Phoenix, I play female Phoenix um, for this game, and she is tasked with uh, basically helping free the gods or turn them back into people getting their blessings. So like, uh, I think I met Athena, I think it was, and she's a child. That's the only spoiler I'm gonna give you. She's a child and like, it's just super funny. Like, she's just probably my favorite character, uh, supporting character. Super hilarious. She And you get blessings from these people. Now, it gets a little repetitive. And if you don't like puzzles, it'll feel repetitive. Because puzzles are fucking annoying if you don't like them. I like them to an extent. Some of the puzzles in the layers just felt extremely extra. Like, it took a lot out of me to do some of them. Um... Only reason I kept doing it is because some of them you absolutely just have to do to progress. And some of them you need to do if you would like to level up yourself to be easier to breeze through the game. And I wanted my achievements. So I was going to try and get as much of them in one shot as I could. But some of that shit was just so annoying, dog. Absolutely. And then after my save got corrupted, like it made me not want to play as much either because then I had to actually force myself through certain puzzles that I didn't feel like doing but overall the game is really really good um at a 10 I'd probably give it like a 7 only reason I'd give it a 7 though is because it's combat is super simple um personal experience um with the game that corruption issue was, was really daunting on my personal score. Uh, but that does not take away from how funny this game is and how enjoyable it can be if you're having a good experience playing it. Just like Cyberpunk, which I beat. Don't know if I told you guys that. I took the sad way out. You're about to get a Cyberpunk spoiler. Uh, I shot myself in the head in the game. It was fucking sad dog like it was really really fucking dope and sad and they played this music oh my god i'm not gonna get don't get me started on the music cuz let me get back to this immortal phoenix i might hop back on it i don't know just for y'all but like it's pretty good i recommend buying it if you can get it on sale um i don't know if it's on uplay but if it's on uplay you should cop uh get uplay and try it out um again if you're a big puzzle person and if you're enjoyable if you like beating up things without complex combos this game is definitely for you you'll probably give it like an 8.5 or a 9 um there's not much else about the game you get like this cool bird named phosphor he doesn't do too much you can change him up oh the customization in the game is really cool not the character customization, but the costumes. Like, they have really nice colors of armor and stuff like that that you could put on her. You could change her wings. You could change her bird. Like, right now, I have this blue ice phosphor-looking bird. And he's, like, really fucking cool. Because phosphor is really a fire bird. So he just has, like, these ice particles just floating off of him. But he flies around. 
Uh, it's just, it's really fucking dope. Um, the graphics in the game are pretty good. The game moves very smooth. I haven't checked, uh, used my monitor settings to check if it stays locked at a specific, uh, FPS or anything, but it did play smooth. I didn't have any noticeable drops in anything. Um, I even used the Xbox streaming to play it while I was at work and it worked out pretty well um, in a high in a good service area of course when I was like moving around it was just like nope nope we're gonna drop nope <laughs> let's see yeah that's about it I mean I can't talk too too much about the whole thing from beginning to end because again my save got corrupted I had to I lost like 10 hours of progress um maybe a lot more than that i don't fucking know i i just know that i lost mad time but if i get back on it i'll come back to this review and let y'all know more about it for sure <clears throat> we also have a slight review for the medium which i will give a full review for next episode so so far uh the game is good it has nice spooky elements, and it resembles Resident Evil, a little bit of murdered soul suspect, because there's not a lot of combat in it. It's more sneaking and running away. A couple bugs I found so far, only really two, um, and a rendering issue um, with a couple of things like uh, the butterfly that's on sadness. It took a while to render in. Uh, but one of the bugs were character got stuck in the real world, but I could keep using them in the split dimension and another where I stayed crouch um where I wouldn't stay crouch like I would press the crouch button and every time I walk it would just stand up those easily fixed themselves out by a reload or by dying um so it wasn't too big of a thing nothing game breaking yet the supporting characters are pretty good so far and have really good emotions to them even um though most of them so far like from the dead world like whether it's the enemy or the girl's sadness that you follow around, it's really good so far. Um, I But it makes it easier to, like, have... There's no reason for them to have bad character characters in this game because there's not so many characters in this game. But there are many stories in this game because you're dealing with the dead. The creatures so far that I've come... The creatures that I've come across... Uh, like two types and then one that just like peekabooed the fuck out of me and scared the sh- oh my god that shit was weird really well drawn i mean the little flies are a little weird they're a little normal drawn but like the maw the maw is fucking creepy dog but i like it like it's really fucking cool um gives me a heart attack every time i have to run away from it but it's fucking dope bro i do like this game a lot um from the couple hours i've been playing it um probably about like six hours now it's it's really good if you enjoy a slower pace spooky game that is all about checking your surroundings for clues um and like taking in the scenery of these dual realities it's basically like two versions of the same game in one so it's really dope 
They, like, there's no reason, unless you genuinely don't like this game type, like this style of gameplay, for a person to dislike this game. If you enjoyed Murdered Soul Suspect, it's better than that. Um, to an extent, depending on what you liked about Murdered Soul Suspect. Uh, but it's a really fucking good game. <clears throat> I would definitely give this a 8 out of 10 so far. This is my unfinished, um, unfinished review. Once I beat the game, I will give it a full review. Might go up, might go down. Don't really know. All depends on how the ending is and the story development goes. But, um, other than that, I really love the whole split dimension thing. It's really cool. There's times when it's forced to the other side. There's times when... You have to use both sides at the same time. It's really cool. And there's mad puzzles in the game. They're just subtle puzzles. I don't know if anyone else would call them puzzles because they don't seem like it at first. But it's just like there was this one thing where you had to use a clock to open up a secret door and figure out how to turn the clock on in the real world um, or to open the door in the real world. So you're using both worlds at the same time. It's just really cool. Like, it's so much simultaneousness. And then they have this feature where you go outer body. So... You literally put your entire consciousness into the main world, but for a very limited amount of time. And just like a true outer body experience, you shouldn't stay out there too long. Otherwise, you will wither away or something bad will happen. And I like how they took that concept because those of us that, um, those of us in the outer body experience community per se, will see that as a truth. It's like, you don't stay out your body too long. Bad things happen. And that's basically what the game does. So I like that aspect of it. I thought that was really cool that they did that. Um, she has two abilities, two other abilities that I can think of right now, which is uh, a shield and a blast. I think that's all she really gets. And again, it's just, it's a super simple. It's not combat heavy. It's very, very similar to Murdered Soul Suspect, Resident Evil without a gun. Um, like, if, if Resident Evil was just a game with a knife and two enemies so far, that's basically what this game would be. Because your powers don't even get used like that. More sneakiness. Um, but the scenery, the level design, is fantastic. It is truly dark. It, like, gives you that creepy vibe that they've been advertising for. And I think this is actually a strong title for the uh, for Xbox's second Xbox Series X exclusive, X and S exclusive. Um, so if you have Game Pass, you absolutely should give it a try, whether you like spooky things or not, because it's spooky enough for spooky people to love it, but it's not spooky enough to truly destroy any of you people who don't like spooky things you can play this game alone you can play with the lights on and enjoy it you play with the lights off and really enjoy it you can have someone watch you play it. it's a it's genuinely a really good game um yes i'm xbox bias 99 percent of the time but i'm truly 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 thinking this game is really good i think um i don't know i think more people need to either promote it in a sense tell people how they like it 
how much they do like it. And I also think that people should play games over waiting for reviews. I understand some people love my reviews of things and they take the things I say to the heart. But at the end of the day, you should definitely play something. If you're reading a review and they're trash talking the game, but it still sounds like a game you would have purchased, rent it. Get it at GameStop. Used. Something. Always give it a try. I literally... Every game I can get my hands on and get time for, I give it a try no matter how bad it might be. Because sometimes it's really bad, and I just want to experience how bad it is. Sometimes it's bad to them and great to me. Don't use someone else's eyes to see if you'll enjoy something. But thank you to all the reviewers who do review stuff, and thank you to the honest reviewers who are very unbiased with the things that they review in a game. The music for this game definitely helps. The spooky too, by the way. Like, I think I'm about to go check out the album. It's soundtrack inspired by it. And I pretty I bet there's some good music on there. Only ten dollars for twenty seven songs too. Like, I'm gonna check that shit out. But yeah, that's my take on the medium. Every now and then I browse Reddit and every now and then Reddit has a really crazy idea going on and right now they have a crazy rumor that Xbox is going to do another Bethesda-like accus- accusation acquisition accusation um so if we're gonna play along with this rumor I only see about five possible things that would be Capcom because anything's possible guys anything literally anything is possible so don't try and tell me no because this is all speculation anyway. But Capcom, um, Square Enix, um, fucking Sega, uh, WB minus Batman, minus the intense licenses, which probably would be worked out later. Um, if they wanted it. And there's one more that I said. I think that's about it. Some people were thinking maybe EA. I wouldn't want them to buy, buy EA honestly. Mainly because like I don't. They make really good games. But I could care less about. Having them. I think everyone should be in, able to play. EA games. Um, Maybe. Six month exclusive games from EA. Sure. But I think everybody should play EA games. I don't think that is one of the pl- one of the few th- ones that Xbox should purchase. Um, now, if they bought a specific studio from them, sure. But that's not. But that's the level of acquisition now, is it? No. So, I think it should be Capcom. Capcom, if anything, um, because one, the Resident Evil series. Strong, strong, strong competition to go up against the Silent Hill series, which is making a possible comeback. And then on top of that, that would give um, Xbox a strong horror series to build off of. Yeah, we have the medium, which we talked about earlier as a review, but the medium isn't intense horror. Um they tend to do psychological, thrillery games, nothing like crazy horror. 
So that would be like the big horror division for them. Uh, and <clears throat> fighting. Like we get Street Fighter games exclusive to us, which would be really fucking dope. Um, there's a couple things I would go with that. And it'd also be a real big dip into the Japanese gaming environment. Uh, but then there is Sega, another big dip into the Japanese um, gaming environment. But the biggest thing we could take away from that is further Yakuza, Yakuza games and um, Sonic the Hedgehog games, maybe some remasters. I mean, honestly, if they just took it to give us a bunch of Sonic remasters, like Adventure 2 Battle, Heroes, Shadow the Hedgehog, it'd be fucking phenomenal. Like, I could live off that for Sonic, maybe one new Sonic game, and then anything future Yakuza that comes out would be really dope. Um, I mean, it really depends, because unless Sega starts dipping in a bunch of other stuff, that acquisition would only really... And we could get Jet Set Radio Future back, which would be a really, really huge, big push. Um, but yeah, that acquisition would honestly only just... It really consists of about three... Two major things and one thing that the dearest Xbox fans would really want. So out of that, I would prefer the Capcom. I would prefer Sega specifically... For Jet Set Radio Future. If there's no way we'd get Jet Set Radio Future back, Capcom is my next best bet. Uh, the WB thing could be really useful if that's where they want to go because they have the back catalog of Midway games they could bring back. Um, they have Mortal Kombat. If they get the uh, a deal on license, they could do literally all of the... Um, all of the catalog for superheroes like they could partner up with their other teams and do um whatever batman games they want whatever superman games they want all that crap like it's a lot of stuff they could pull out that bag they could do a bunch of movies um cyberpunk is wb published i don't know if the character is now considered a wb owned character i don't know but it could be there could be something along those lines, um, cyberpunkish. Not sure. There's there's things to come out of the WB acquisition, but I still feel like uh, I think if anything, WBEA maybe stay to everybody if they're not gonna grab Xbox. I mean, uh, Batman and stuff. The only thing is. If Sony wanted to acquire them, I'd be like, nah, Xbox acquire them, keep Mortal Kombat. Other than that, I really think Capcom would be our absolute best best, best bet, personally. But again, this is just a rumor. I just want to talk about it because I enjoy talking about certain rumors. This one's a fun one, in my opinion. Um, Sony has a lot of great studios on their side, so Xbox needs a lot of great studios on theirs. They definitely have a lot now, but... We're not getting any games from them for about another two years, which isn't a problem. I mean, all this shit takes time. Yeah, people were working on projects, but some of them probably already had deals placed. Some of them don't. But still, it's um, Xbox is going to start putting out some shit, and we'll see what it really looks like. So I can't wait for that. 
Alright, so there's a new Tomb Raider game coming out, or in development, I should say. Um, and it's supposedly going to be closer to the movies as well as going to be um, continuing the game storyline. And they will be basically like pushing them to pushing them together, which is a very interesting concept. Haven't finished the games yet, but from what I hear, the games ended in a very interesting way. So I wonder how they're going to bring it closer to the movies and how it's all going to still stay in the same video game universe at the same time. Definitely looking forward to that. <coughs> Sorry for the cough, y'all. Um, I don't know. I'm a Tomb Raider game fan. I definitely enjoy them like a lot. Uh, so I can't wait to see what happens with that. On some super old news that I just want to talk about. The Black PS5 sale was canceled. Um, <laughs> apparently they received threats to safety. But I feel like they canceled it because they got in trouble for trying to resell it. The way they were trying to resell it. Sony was like, nah nigga, we got a black PlayStation coming out eventually. Stop this mess. I don't like it. And they was like, I bet, bet, okay. We see what's about to happen here. Cancel all that, yep, yep. I mean that, and then also, I'm not buying no customized PlayStation from somebody else, dog. Like, you already voided the warranty for me. You're not giving me a warranty, and it's not official. I don't know, I just like my official shit. Unless, you know, like, it's a hoodie, and they don't make the merch of something, I don't know. But, yeah. I just thought that was weird of them to just cancel that shit out the blue, but hey, they did, and I'm pretty sure Sony was just like, hey, cut the shit. EA will still be making Star Wars games, just not exclusively as their deal is coming to an end, and thus other people will be making Star Wars games, and there's already a bunch of rumors out that I haven't actually read up on yet, but um, supposedly there is an old Knights of the Republic game in development. So we'll see what happens and what type of games we'll be getting out of this. If any of them will be console exclusive or if they will just be worked on. Um, uh, if they'll just work on um, fucking using other companies, even like if it's PlayStation or Xbox, to make Star Wars games for everybody. They just want that team to do whatever they want with their vision. And as you can probably notice, this podcast is like recorded over the course of 17,000 days. The medium is already a profitable um, video game after just a few days. So congratulations to Xbox and the um, Bloober team because that is really beautiful. Um, I'm very happy to hear that the medium did so well numbers wise and i hope everyone who's played it enjoyed it and if you didn't play it i hope you do play it and try to enjoy it because that game is absolutely fun um in the midst of the last <laughs> this, is, this is really weird because of the way my schedule is i don't do this all in one shot anymore um and the amount of comics that i'd be trying to catch up on so i can take notes and shit i don't know I just don't do this in straight shot so basically Earlier in this podcast, I was talking about how I was playing the medium, right? And I beat the medium. 
uh, about, <laughs> I don't know, like a fucking six hours after I recorded the first segment about the medium, I beat the medium. And I'm not going to talk about it all the way here, but after beating it, the game is good, all right? The game is very, very fun, and I hope somehow there's a sequel to this game just because I enjoyed the way this game was. Like, it was genuinely a very interesting story, okay? It was fucking interesting. Alright, alright, alright. Anyway, on to some other things. Um, nothing really. Just the fact that uh, there was a canceled GoldenEye 007 Xbox Live Arcade remaster. And I'm sad that it didn't come out. And it pro- didn't come out. And it'll probably never come out. But if it does come out, just know that that shit is going to be the shit. Like, bro. Especially if it has compatible online. Yeah. It's lit. He's getting smacked. I'm smacking everybody in that game. I'm the A-list 007 player, shooter, mans out here, Kaz. And one more thing is G4 will revive Attack of the Show and X-Play. So I'm hype. I don't know if y'all used to watch G4, but that was a really, really great show for gamers back then. It's when Ninja Warrior was like, Real shit, feel me? Not this stupid. I don't know what the heck Americans did, but they ruined Ninja Warrior. All right, bro. Like, there's. Listen, man. When we used to watch Ninja Warrior, it was full of great comedy and people who tried really hard, but also had fun doing it. And they won. They were like, "Oh shit, I won!" Like, it was really freaking dope. And what they do, they turn this thing into, I guess, a reality show. People say, nah, stop watching American Ninja Warrior. It just looks so trash. They used to do it on a beach in L.A. or some crap. Like, what the hell? None of that is Ninja Warrior, bro. Niggas falling in the sand. Nah, them niggas used to fall in the water. If you didn't know how to swim, you was asked out. Somebody will come help you, but we gonna watch you drown a little bit. Out here, it's just like, oh, you fall off the course, you fall in some sand. Wee. And all I know is America ruined American Ninja Warrior. Deadpool 3, there's no news on it. It's just the fact that Deadpool 3 was supposed to be like a fucking road trip between Logan and Deadpool, which reminded me of the scene when he killed, uh, when Deadpool killed fake Deadpool. And he was like, you're going to hang up the claws one day. And I'm going to ask you, your buddy Deadpool is going to ask you to put the back on. And, like, that was a reference to the plan that they already were thinking about. But, you know, what happened? Hopefully, 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 hopefully some shit happens and we get a little bit of that. Just at least a little bit of that. Because that would have been fucking hilarious to see Deadpool and Wolverine doing a road trip. Like, what? So much arguing. So much Wade getting thrown out of the car. And then Wolverine just having to stop. Because they're doing something together. It it was just been fucking hilarious. Um, In anime news, Attack on Titan is going sicko. I'm preparing to watch the new episode. Like, I caught up on this shit super quick because I was behind. And I'm loving every second of it. Like, this fucking show is great. And Twitter is trying to spoil the shit out of it for me. But I'm not letting it happen. I actually decided to finish up this podcast because it's going to drop 
this Monday. And I was like, you know what? Let me just do that while I wait for the Attack on Titan episode to come out. Because everyone's trying to spoil it for me. Let's just say, fuck Gabby, bro. Gabby ain't shit. I thought she was going to be a dope-ass character, bro. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a dope flashback. Then I realized it wasn't a flashback. And then I realized that Gabby is trash. And then I'm just like, man, I hope Gabby and all her friends get thrashed by all the Titans, bro. I hope they eat them. They better eat those kids, bro. Eat those fucking kids. Like, bro, oh, my God. I can't tell you how much I don't like that little squirrel-ass. Ooh. Anyway... I also watched the Madoka Magica side story anime. Bro, that drink killed my heart, dog. Oh, man. Like, I can't tell you how sad that shit made me, dog. But that shit really, really, really hurt my feelings, bro. Like, when I tell you, dog, the ending of it, that shit was just crazy, bro. I need another one, man. I don't know what they're going to do, but they need to give me more Madoka. Like, Madoka is the best magical girl animator is. And I don't know why they made it. And decided not to give us that much content. Like, the U.S. doesn't even get that much content. They throw down, they uh, destroyed the game. Um, they took the game offline for the global servers, and basically the anime finished. We don't know if we're getting a second season. It is the 10-year anniversary of Madoka Magica, though, so we might get something. And most of the mangas in the U.S. are sold out, so I can't, I could barely continue that freaking story. And the game, I mean, the game is the only place to continue, like, the second season, basically. So, it's just freaking crazy, dog. Like, I don't know. Why would you make something so beautiful and not let it happen? Like, I need y'all to watch Madoka so they understand, like, how much niggas love this shit. Like, Madoka is fire, bro. Madoka is fire, bro. Hey, bruh. I need that Madoka Magica back. All right, fam? <laughs> yeah. All right, dog. So... I mean, that's about it. I'm not going to finish the Spider-Man story here because I think the Spider-Man story is, like, so fucking good. I'm going to let y'all sit with what I started. And then next episode, we'll finish up the Spider-Man story from what I own right now. And then, um, and then after that, uh... I think we will go into catch up on X-Men, finish metal, and then I'll figure out what the fuck we're going to do from there. Um, but yeah, thank you very much. I gave you about 50 minutes of hits. You know, it's not as long as I want it to be, but it's longer. But I promise you, once we get back in a good groove, we're going to be good. Also, I'm really sick. Don't know what it is. So once I figure out what's good with this, we really going to be in the groove, cuz. On God. I-O-B-Z. Thank you. Peace.